0: As you know, we lit the candle of joy this morning, reminding ourselves of the joy of the Lord. And I have to tell you, my favorite Christmas carol of all time is Joy to the World. Why? Because it announces the coming of the King, and it announces it with joy. Now, we can't announce the coming of our king, right? We can't do that anymore over here in the United States. Well, we never really could as a nation. I mean, the English still have that available to them, and it's awesome. They get to announce the coming of a new king. Uh, we don't know when our next president's going to be born. You know, there's somebody out there whose name we don't know who's going to be another president someday, but we, we don't have an announcement. But the English, they do. They get it right. I guess England's on my mind because on on December 25th. Isn't that Christmas Day? Yeah. Um, December 25th. Christmas Day, my wife and I are flying to England because we're going to visit my son and daughter-in-law who are now living in England. And um, I was thinking about the announcement of a king and I was saying, you know, it would be great just to be English for a day to see the king announced. But I got the second best thing. Right here it is. That guy right there. He's got a trumpet in his right hand, and he's got this big scroll in his left hand, and he's announcing the birth of Prince George, the future king of England. That looks impressive enough. That's outside the hospital, but look at this next picture. I mean, he's really shouting it out, isn't he? I mean, hear ye, hear you. I'm sure that's what he's saying, and that's outside Buckingham Palace. He's announcing the king is coming. As a matter of fact, I found out just a little bit ago, that we actually have an English citizen up here in our orchestra. I didn't know that beforehand, but now I know it, um, and I'm going to put him on the spot. Just, you know, I, I can't help it. He had no idea this was coming, I promise. Can you, can you tell us what your name is? Callum. Say it again. My name is Callum. Oh, that's cool. Um, can, can, can you say, long live the queen? <laughs> i serious. I just want to hear you say it. Long live the queen. Oh, that's good too. But there's only one more thing. I, um, I always thought that if I had an English accent, people would listen to me better. You know, it would sound intellectual and regal and all that kind of stuff. And I don't have one. So this is the next best thing. Again, this poor guy, Colin, he has no idea I'm going to ask him this stuff, really. <laughs> He's being a good sport. But I thought maybe you could help me out here. Could you just say with a great British accent, hear the word of the Lord? Here's the word of the Lord. We gotta have that on mic. Turn it back up again. Oh Here's the word of the Lord. Now there you go. Now I'm ready to preach. We're gonna have to pay him extra, Brian. He didn't know that was how I was going. Joy to the world, it's, it's the greatest carol of all time because it heralds the coming of the king and it links the coming of the king to joy. Because it is overwhelmingly joyful when you realize that the king has come. I think there's three reasons for our joy as Christians in recognition of the coming of the king. At least three, my three. And the first one is this. The coming of the king, Jesus helps us to understand that we have been selected. We've been chosen. I mean, can you imagine being the shepherds on the hillside, living outside with flocks at night, and out of nowhere, the angels of heaven announced the coming of the king to them? They didn't announce it to anyone else, just to the shepherds. And then the king came to them, and he came to them in a manger, not in an elegant palace, but in a manger. In all of that, God is saying through Jesus Christ, I've selected you to be citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Will you hear my invitation? Will you come? Will you be a part of that? You've probably been chosen before for something, right? For a team. When you were a kid, you might have been chosen for a play, you might have been chosen for any number of things, you might have been chosen by somebody that later became your spouse. I, I remember uh, when my wife chose me, um, she said, yeah, you're the guy, I want to be with you. Um, I mean, after all, I have to be fully honest, it was a really small town and a really small school, so she didn't have many options. Um <laughs> If I'd have been going to IU, I probably wouldn't have gotten the chosenness. But she chose me. She said, yes, you're the one. And it was a delight, and it has been for all these years. You understand chosenness, right? It's special when you're chosen. Paul said to the church, you were chosen before the foundation of the earth to be holy and blameless in his sight. God, through Jesus Christ, chose you as His dear sons and daughters to the praise of His glorious grace, which He freely gave us in the one He loves. And in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. That's the second reason for our joy. We've been chosen, that's wonderful. But the second part is we've been forgiven. God in Jesus Christ said I want you to be a part of this kingdom of God that is mine and the way for you to enter into it is through repentance and I offer you forgiveness. Now sin's not a popular word nowadays, right? We try to use other words. As a matter of fact, our culture probably suggests more often than not that sin is just non-existent. Instead of confessing our sins, now we sort of confess that we just kind of miscalculated and made a mistake. We didn't intend to hurt someone the way we did, but we didn't mean it, so it couldn't possibly be sin. But I'm sorry if I offended you. Can we get over that? If I say to you, I'm sorry I offended you, or even worse, if I say to you, I'm sorry if you took offense at my words, I'm taking no responsibility at all. Nine times out of ten, the reason you're offended is because of me. Not because of you. I must take responsibility for it. In order to understand the depth of the nature of God's grace and forgiveness, we first have to understand our responsibility. We have something to be forgiven for. We have sins that need to be forgiven. And God in Jesus Christ says, I'm extending to you unconditional love and forgiveness. Ah, no wonder Joy to the World is the greatest carol ever. But we've not only been chosen, we've not only been forgiven. There's a third reason, I think, for our joy. It's a promise that is to come. When Jesus selected us in his coming, when he forgave us our sins... He also gave us a promise. You can see it in in a lot of passages in the New Testament, especially the book of Revelation. The promise was, I'm going to come again, and I'm going to restore this whole thing, and I'm going to make everything new. And my friends, right now, you know where we're living? We're living in an an era that could easily just be described as the already, not yet. Not yet. Christ's kingdom has already come. Joy to the world is our carol. We recognize that he's come. We recognize that forgiveness has been offered. We recognize that we have the comfort and the power of the Holy Spirit by the presence of Jesus Christ. All that we understand and yet. It's not finished, is it? The favorite refrains of joy to the world come to mind. He rules the world with truth and grace. Really? Is the whole world filled with truth and grace? No more let sin and sorrows reign, nor thorns infest the ground. Really? There's thorns everywhere. Sin is everywhere. The world's in chaos in different parts. Where's the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is present. It is among us. When we live for Christ, we live in it. However, even though it's already here, it's not yet complete. A day's coming, says the book of Revelation and the rest of Scripture, when Christ is going to establish entirely his kingdom. And peace and goodwill will be for all people. And the lion will lay down by the lamb. It's going to be a wonderful day. And it's coming. And frankly, I can't wait for it. I wish it was tomorrow. Why? Because I'm sick of the way to sin. I'm tired of the blanket. Blanket that hangs over my world, that creates chaos and murder and the lack of peace. I want it to roll away like a curtain and I want the lust of the flesh and the pride of life which is in me, my friends, in me. I want to be rid of it. I am so ready for the already to be now and the not yet to vanish like a vapor. I can't wait for that day. And God promises it is coming. So what do I do until then? What do we do until then? We give thanks that we've been chosen. We rejoice in the forgiveness of sins. And we faithfully wait expectantly for his coming. In the meantime, we do the work of the kingdom until... As the Lord's prayer says, his kingdom comes and his will is done on earth just like it's in heaven. Hang in there, pilgrims. Wait faithfully. He's coming again. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, you have been more than merciful to us. You've poured out your love and your mercy upon us. You have chosen us, Lord, not because we deserve it, but because we don't. You've forgiven us, Lord, not because we deserve it, but because we didn't deserve it. You extend forgiveness to everyone who hears your voice and receives it. And I pray, Lord, especially in this season and maybe here today, someone will hear that voice through the reading of Scripture, through a sermon, through the music, That they will hear the voice of God calling them, calling them by name and saying to them, come to me, bring your, your burdens to me, bring your sins to me, I'm choosing you, come to me, I'll forgive you, I'll give you new life. I'll make the life that you've longed for in the future happen now and I'll give you eternal life to come. These things we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen.